Oh, hello, welcome. Here we are together again at last. You've made it. Episode nine. Would you believe it? If you want to get in touch with me, hit me up on Instagram at the Mark Furs. And if you like the podcast, please share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your worst enemy, share it around. I'd really appreciate it. You can even tell by the tone of my voice just how much I love saying those admin things. You would think that I, being an actor, would put on a bit of a performance and pretend like I liked saying it. But no, no, not today. Not today. All right. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there are three things in life that I actually do love. A kettlebell workout, a well-timed high five, and a good, deep chat. And what I have for you is a real good, deep chat coming up right now. I'm chatting with Bruce Hopkins, or Hoppo, as everyone knows him. He has been a lifeguard in the Bondi area for 28 years. And according to his Wikipedia page, he's been involved in more resuscitations than any other lifeguard in the entire service. That's pretty impressive. You may have seen him on the factual TV show Bondi Rescue. And if you haven't, you should check it out. It's an incredible show. It really is. He's also, he's just a really good bloke. We had a great hang. I learned a whole lot of stuff. So here is. Bruce Hoppo Hopkins. Can you hear yourself? Yeah, I can hear myself. Beauty. All right. I think we're doing it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the party. <laughs> Hoppo. Mate, thanks for being here. Yeah, no, it's great. Something a bit different. Yeah. Being out on the beach. <laughs> yes. You've got a nice view here. You get to sit here all day and just stare at Bondi Beach. Yeah, it's a, can't get much better, this office. It's, yeah. uh, you know, beautiful sunny day. Yeah. Little waves rolling through. If I could come and do the rest of my podcasts here, that'd be, that'd be great. Thanks. Has anyone ever called you David Hasselhop? Yeah, well, yeah, we do. We get that a fair bit. Yeah. Of, um, people have said it over the years. Now the show's international as well, so yeah. everyone sort of relates it back to Baywatch. And yeah. We've had um, the Hoff has been down here in the tower. And oh, cool. Yeah, we've put the shirt on him and <laughs> he loved it. The show's huge, right? The show's in probably uh, 140 countries now and wow. all around the world and it's all on a lot of um, digital channels and, and um, National Geographic and wow. so a lot of cable channels all through the world. Yeah. You're coming up to season 16, 15. Yeah, 15. So we've done 14 wow. seasons, uh, which has gone quite quick. It's something that's probably been a bit surreal really. It's, yeah. it's something that, you know, when we first started it was going to be – an hour special. That was about all it got commissioned, and just a one-off. Yeah, one-off. And, wow. Uh, obviously, because the networks weren't sure how much footage they'd get. No yeah. one really knew, and we knew down here we'd get a lot of footage. But uh, yeah, the executives didn't have much of an idea about it. But <laughs> created a monster. Uh, yeah, it, it, it uh, opened up their eyes when they started seeing the uh, the footage going back each night, and yeah. then they were showing um, you know the Channel Ten executives, and uh, they said, "Jesus, too much here." We're, we think we'll make it a series instead of having just a, a one-off special. And that's where it all began. Where, yeah. So where, what were you doing? So you were just So I've just been working, yeah, lifeguarding. I've been yeah. working here since 1991. Sort of through the uh, the Olympic period. The Olympics was down here in, in um, 2000, the yes. beach volleyball. And, you know, that was amazing. That was like a 
watching the build for that, it was a 10,000-seat stadium. Yeah, wow. And on the beach and it was an amazing thing. It was six months they drilled that deep into the – into the rock, they had to go right down through the sand into the rock to, to stabilize it for a hundred. I think it was a hundred year storm that they were building it for. Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was an amazing time, the Olympics. And yeah. sort of from the Olympics into, you know, about 2005, Benny Davies was working here as a casual and he said, I think there's a show in what we do. And so we sat down for another few months and put things together and mm. pitched it to a few production companies and Where we go. that's it. Way we go. I remember that. I, I was. Well, Olympics was 2000, wasn't it? I, I yeah. can't what, – what was I? I was probably, I don't know, 14 or something. But Sydney was crazy mm. around then. Yeah, it, it was, was full It was on. nuts. It was – and the thing is it was in August, um, sort of towards the end of August, mm. and we, for some reason we just got this crack of weather. It was like 30-degree days and mm. it was perfect for the beach. And, you know, beach volleyball, Bondi Beach. Mm. It basically put, you know – Bondi's always been on the map for, for years and years, yeah. but that sort of really lifted it around the world. And I think because the weather was so good and there's plenty of stuff out there with um, the backdrop of, of Bondi yeah. uh, with the waves in the background and it was just an amazing sight and, and couldn't have got better weather. It made it even better. Yeah, so, I mean, Bondi's always kind of been the, you know, most famous Australian beach. Yeah, I think yeah, even it has. before that, but yeah, before that, it would have just been insane. Yeah, like the, it, it, that's probably when they took those photos where you can't see any sand. Yeah, because it's just <laughs> thousands, yeah, thousands of and thousands of people. It's, I mean, capacity. We're about. I think they did a, a study on on per square meter of the sand, and mm. everyone sat next to each other. It's about forty thousand people. So wow, and that's <laughs> that's on the beach. Player. Yeah, yeah. So it's um wow. crazy stuff. But then yeah. you you add up all the people in the park, people coming and going. Mm. There's probably, you know, nearly 100,000 probably on a busy day that from, wow. from the sun up to sundown coming yeah. through and leaving and it's just amazing. I was taught my, my roommate at the moment, she spent a bit of time lifeguarding. She was in the States. Yep. She was in Florida doing it. Yep. And she was saying how it was an interesting experience for her because the people, there weren't really any people from overseas. There were a lot of people that would come mm. from middle America who'd never seen the water. Yep. And they, they hang out on the beach yeah. and they get pissed drunk. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah. get hammered and then they go in and they have yeah. no idea what they're doing and they've got to drag out these, these you know, middle yeah, yeah. American yeah. southern people who've yeah. got no idea what they're doing. But yeah. that's – and she was saying that was hard enough mm. with Americans, you know, people who speak English. But Bondi is such a huge tourist destination. Mm. I mean, there's got to be a huge amount of people who you, you can't even communicate with who are out there who've maybe even never – yeah, there's, there's, the there's heaps. You know, one can't float, so they, you know, some of them we rescue probably would drown in the swimming pool. And you know, it's, <laughs> yes. it's something that uh, is amazing that if you're, you're that bad but you still want to go into the water. Yeah. I suppose that they've come all the way from wherever overseas. And, yeah, yeah, it's worth and it. And it's worth drowning if yeah, you're yeah. going to get you put your foot in Bondi Beach. You as know? long as your mates get it on, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's worth a crack. <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing um, the language barrier. So many people, you know, trying to communicate to them and, yeah. And, you know, it's hard doing the rescues because you've got the impact zone with the waves breaking and you need to get them on the rescue board. Mm. They don't speak English. They don't know how to lie on it. And you often see that they're lying on their backs or they're lying the yeah. wrong way around. You just got to do the best you can to get them back in. And it can be pretty comical at that, you know, some stages. Yeah, especially if they're in that kind of state of freaking out. You yeah, know? yeah. Just, well, just grab them by yeah, the pants and it. yank them on. That's it. You put them on. But if they lie face on their back but – but facing you because when you're on the rescue board, 
you're supposed to have them on their on their stomachs. You sort of lie on on top of their their ass. Yeah, right. But when they're the upside the other way, a bloke, and you got to. <laughs> it's not the uh, most compromising position to be in. <laughs> That's great. I suppose you know if you're going to save someone's life, it's worth the embarrassment. That's right. You know, yeah. you get real intimate real yeah. quick yeah. out there yeah. in the surf. Yeah, that's right. That's so. <laughs> yeah, the language barrier is not important. You know, yeah, you still yeah. really get to know each other. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. So there's a ton of people coming out here, aren't there? Yeah, there's tons. Oh. So many people come and visit and and, and come and go, and yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Some days. You know, you could be in another country. There's yeah. so many people around. You know, might get a whole lot of Brazilians down here, mm. or people from India, and you know, or Scandinavian countries. Wow, and it's um, yeah, amazing sort of sights. Yeah, wow. I, I'm on the northern beaches, um, in Collaroy, which yep. is, I mean, the northern beaches in itself is pretty chill. Yeah, and Collaroy is like an in-between beach yep. kind of. So there's there's not a whole lot going on there. So yeah. it's like my own private beach. Mm. I wander down in the morning, <laughs> and there's you know, there's nothing going yeah. on. It's great. Yeah. And then like, that's why I never come to Bondi because one, it's pretty far, but two, yeah, yeah. it's like, man, yeah. I've got my own little private beach. There's no surf. There's yeah, nothing to yeah. worry Colorado's about. Colorado's pretty small. Though. It's yeah, pretty yeah, mellow, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We had um, a weird shark not that yeah. long ago. There was yeah. a couple of blokes who were sitting up in, they were sitting up in the beach club and yeah, they must yeah, have been yeah. having a couple of rashes yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. they had their phone out and they were filming <laughs> and they were like, Jesus, look at this one. It was huge. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's always like sharks yeah, out there. Always, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just when you catch one right by the pier. Yeah. And I was I swim every day, and right. I was thinking, wow, this is um, it kind of urged me a little closer towards the ocean yeah, pool because yeah, yeah, that was yeah. pretty close to where I was swimming. But he yeah. was he was pretty big, big yeah, yeah, and yeah. It gives you a different perspective, isn't it? When you see you swim there all all the time and don't see anything, but when someone sees one, yeah, it just you're a bit hesitant then. <laughs> yeah, well, even if it's just a just that dark shadow in the yeah. water, and you can see how big they are, and we've all seen the movies. Oh man, you just don't. Yeah, you just don't yeah. stand a chance. No, you don't. It's going to get you or get you before you even see it. But yeah. A lot of people around here say it's, it's better if you see them because if you see them, they're not really in that attacking mode. Okay. It's when you're there and suddenly bang and hit you. Oh, of course. Yeah. They're a predator. They're a, they're they? a predator. That, that they're a stealth. That yeah. They come from the depths and you don't see them and then they just yeah, hit right. you and like they hit the seals and yeah, they're gone. that's how they feed. You well, know? it's like I guess, yeah, you know, you ever watch your cat yeah. and your cat, and the cat's yeah. like doing this little creepy thing and it's pretty good. That's you know, right. you yeah. transfer that to a shark, yeah, yeah you've got no chance. No chance at all. Yeah, no, if, you, no. if you haven't, <laughs> if you see him, you're like, oh, he's just, yeah. he's, he's full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that's had it. a feed. That's it. He's had a feed already. Yeah. <laughs> do you get any shark situations here? Oh, we always like, Do you see, have any that you've We always see them come through. They, yeah. they come through, you know, a lot of the times. We had the uh, Clever Boy uh, which is a shark detection um, system out there, and, mm. and in that we did a three week trial. What's it called? Clever boy. Clever boy, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's a <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's great. It, it, it's, a, it's a sonar system that it does it on the way that the sharks sort of swim, the swimming patterns of sharks, and it picks up everything. So it sort of shows up a green light if it's like a bait ball coming through. It's mm. it's the size of a shark because of the bait ball, but it's not swimming in the same pattern. And then dolphins and 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 everything. It's it gives a yellow because it's getting close, but it's not real sure. But the red will go up when it's a shark. Okay. And I think we had about. Oh, so they can read what animal it is. It reads which what, what it is. It's wow. pretty smart. And then it. It's um, a clever boy. Yeah, it's a clever boy. <laughs> <laughs> or in America they call it a clever buoy. A buoy, yeah. That's it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's something that we had about, I think, 80 sharks come through in that three weeks. Wow. Yeah, so. And they're just hanging out. They're just hanging out, swimming through and. Wow. Chasing fish and yeah. that's about it, you know. They, I mean, we've only had one shark attack here at Bondi in 80 years. Okay. It was a board rider probably six or seven years ago and he was paddling back out. It was dark. It was sort of like that 7, 7.30 at night. 
and the bait ball was around and he's just happened to paddle through the bait ball. The bait ball's moved to where he was and he just put his arm in and obviously there's faster and, and slower fish. So yeah. the sharks just grabbed hold of his hand and uh, sort oh, of wow. ripped, ripped his hand off. Uh, oh, took so his was, hand? Yeah, took his hand. So, oh, Jesus. But that's the only attack in 80 years. Okay. So, you know. There's something intriguing about that. You know, as we were saying before, if they want to get you, mm. they'll get you. Like That's they right. can. There's, but the fact that there's so few. Is, That's right. We're not even on their radar, really. I think it's a mistake. It's just a matter of that we're in in that way where they're chasing. You know, whether it's fish or seals or whatever they're chasing, and you just happen to be sitting in the on your surfboard yeah. and you're in the way or swimming. You're in the way, and then and it looks a bit slower to what they're chasing. So they'll have a go at that. And once they grab it, they go, oh, well, that's not what I want and keep going. Why do you reckon they don't want us, though? We're not. I don't think we're, we're on their food menu. Yeah, I guess yeah, not. I think it must be our taste and no <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, that could, it could be something as simple as that. Because like, they don't really eat us like um, like crocodiles will just put you away and then and keep feeding on you. But the, yeah, right. the shark will just take a bite and run away. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, have a nibble yeah, and go, no, yeah, not for me, thanks. Not, not for me. But the crocodiles yeah, will yeah. have you as a full meal. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so. You've got an easier job than the swamp lifeguards. No, that's right. <laughs> if that's a thing. Yeah, I think I'd rather a shark than a croc. Yeah, man. There's something <laughs> rough about it. There's something like like that kind of reptilian thing yeah, with yeah. the crocs and like yeah. and you know how the snakes do that thing where they wrap yeah, you up yeah. and they kind of mess with you for a while. A croc yeah, seem yeah. to do the same thing. They do thing. the same thing. That just that death roll and oh. Yeah. It's just a bit bit horrific. It's rugged, yeah, dude. Yeah. I was actually watching um Robert Irwin, Steve Irwin's yep. son, on, on his Instagram yep. the other day, and there's this little video where he's 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 running into the forest and he's found a little yeah. snake and he's and I was like, wow, it's happening. Yeah. He's doing it. He's, he's doing it. Yeah. He's becoming yeah, yeah, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, we want Bob to yeah, be whoever yeah, Bob is, yeah, but yeah. the fact that he was like, wow, yeah, yeah. it was. So a it's like a, he's very similar, and he like yeah. I've watched some stuff with him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a real um. He's a very artistic kid though yeah. too. But yeah, it's it's just funny to be like everyone kind of wants him to. Yeah carry on Steve's legacy yeah, in yeah. that little moment yeah. of, yeah. it's like, oh, there's a snake. And then he's running after the snake, you know, the complete opposite yeah, yeah. reaction to most humans. I was like, wow, you're doing it, You're Bob. doing it, yeah. <laughs> People are going to love you. Well, we had Steve Irwin down here in the day. He was yeah, down cool. at Bondi and uh, we put him on the show and, yeah, he was getting around in his car key gear and, yeah, <laughs> it was funny watching that, his big boots on the beach and his oh, car yeah. key gear. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little so, bit out of his element. Yeah, he was. So you hung out with him? Yeah, he was down uh, one day. He was down doing some stuff for media and then mm. uh, he popped down to Bondi Beach and we whacked him on the show and yeah, 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 cool. he, was, he was really into it. Yeah, I mean, he was a good dude, wasn't he? Yeah. He was just like, yeah. I think that's why it worked so well because he was just. I think it's just him. He's just yeah. natural. He didn't fake anything or put anything on. It was just yeah. a matter of that's who he is and. Yeah. And it came across that way. He kind of embodied the real life version of the Crocodile yeah. Dundee thing, you know, that kind of. Australian stereotype. Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people thought that he was turning it on. Yeah. But but I mean, he wasn't. No, yeah, that's, that's just he, how he was. That's how he was. I mean, you go to the country and that's how people are. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knows a bloke like Steve Irwin. They're that's just right. yeah. he's not famous for that's it. That's right. Yeah. You know, they've got a bit of a mullet and they, <laughs> you know, they run around chasing things and don't seem to feel any fear whatsoever. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and I, I think the, the reason Bondi Rescue has been successful is we're just the, doing a job that, you know, rescuing people and, we're just playing ourselves and a yeah. lot of people say that when they come down and see us and from all around the world they go, oh, you're exactly the same as on TV because I think mm. a lot of people when they watch TV think of actors and, and, and the whole thing's like an acting thing yeah. and then when they meet us, they think, oh, you're exactly the same because yeah, we're right. basically just like a Steve Irwin playing <laughs> ourselves. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I, th- I think that that's it. That's why yeah. it's been so well yeah. received overseas. Yeah. American bagging each other and yeah. having a bit of fun. And then on the other side, it's serious where we're rescuing people and, and, and uh, bringing people back to life. So it's, yeah. Yeah, right. A bit of both. Yes. <laughs> well, that was something that really intrigues me is the, is the being in situations of trauma. Mm. That was something that I wanted to really pick your brains yeah, about. Because yeah. So for, for me, for instance, I, I could never do it. My dad is a retired dentist. Yeah. And I was thinking about this this morning, actually. I quite insensitively when I was a kid would ask him, oh, did you hurt, make anyone yeah, yeah. cry today, Dad? Yeah, yeah. You know, all that kind of <laughs> Nasty stuff. Sorry, Dad. That was a bit, that was a bit slow to me. But, you know, he, he was in a position where he would do things that people needed to be needed yeah. done to them that was not an enjoyable experience, you yeah. know, and, and, yeah. and being around a lot of blood and that kind of yeah. thing. But he's in a dental, he's in a dental surgery, yeah. you know. It's a pretty controlled yeah. environment. That's right. But even that for me, you know, the, the prospect of me being a dentist because there's dentists in my family, I was right. just like, I just yeah, can't. can't. I can't. My, yeah. my wife got her um, appendix out yeah. and she had this tiny little yeah, – yeah surgery and it's like a bit of blood yeah, in her yeah, belly button yeah. and and i saw it and i and i was like oh baby you're bleeding yeah, yeah. and then almost passed out yeah it's not like i'm scared of it yeah but i just my body can't handle it, it. Can't handle i just it, yeah. i just go yeah. nah i just go white yeah and i freak out mm. and it's like a, a if i get a needle i think i'm gonna vomit and i yeah. quite often do yeah so for me being in a situation of 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 trauma like that mm. i wonder if it's just a personality thing where certain individuals can handle it and others can't yeah i think it is i think it's um we've had People come through as lifeguards and they get to a point where they're dealing with all that and we deal with a lot of that stuff on a daily basis and yeah. I think they've got to move on because they get to a point where they can't, can't deal with it. I mean, we get a lot of surf right, surfboard injuries with big gashes to the head or their leg or somewhere and also we get a lot of body retrievals as well because, I mean, we're renowned here. We cover the gap, so that's renowned for suicide. Wow. Um, so we get a lot of that as well that we've got to deal with. So. Yeah. You know, it can be pretty horrific, some of the injuries that we get. Yeah, wow. So is that – I mean, that's a heavy thing. Do, do you mm. – because I, I, and I wonder too about like I've got a, a friend from school who he, he's a paramedic yep. and he was telling me about taking on this job as a paramedic yep. and I remember thinking there's got to be something – obviously there's individuals that can handle it and there yep. are some that can't, but there's got to be something that you, that you do to be able to get used to it. Like is that, mm. is that something for you that, that has been a problem or have you yeah. ever – have you oh. just been able to – yeah, I've always been able to do it. The funny thing is I've been able to do it when I'm treating other people. Yeah. But if I cut myself, I'm a bit like you. I nearly want to pass out. That's when it, right. when it happens to me. And I'm going, I could deal with this every day. Yeah, yeah. But, but when it happens to me and, and, you know, maybe because you know what the injuries are maybe. And, right. But, uh, yeah, no, but dealing with other people, it hasn't been, hasn't been too bad. You've it's never had that, that kind of queasiness? No, nah, yeah. nah, I've been okay. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's built in. I think it's a personality thing. Yeah, and I think it can probably be strengthened as well. Yeah, you get used to it a bit more as you as you deal with it. And, yeah, because yeah. I wonder too. There's there's those scenarios where, as you were saying, you know, surfers that have been that big gash on their head or, or something like that, and, and you're you're around people that are going through a traumatic experience, yeah. and that's that's got to be pretty heavy. Yeah, that's um, it. I mean, the worst one I've seen is a, a girl. She was um, a tourist and went hired a board and went out and. She went over the falls and the board landed on the, um, the bottom of the wave upside down. And as she went over the falls, she came down with a leg onto the fins oh. and just went in and then the, the force of the wave then just sliced it. It must have taken like from a, from a groin right down to a knee and just opened oh. up this 
just flesh just opened up and wow, right down, a right leg. down a leg, and it was just horrific. Like it was just how wide it was, and wow, and then trying to deal with that. And she was basically, did you pull her out of the water? Yeah, so she got pulled out of the water, and then pretty much she was passed out. Yeah. I think that the the shock and the oh, she the trauma, rather, yeah, she was losing a lot of blood, and and um, you know, we had to really work quick to to bandage it up to try and stop the bleeding and, and wow. get down the um. Yeah, you know, the, the ambulance and she made it through. Yeah, she was okay. She got through and went off. And I think she had well, they had to operate on a leg to try and um, put it all back together. Yeah, um, a lot of probably tendon yeah, and muscle a lot of tendon muscle damage. Yeah. Um, and lucky though, I don't think it hit the main artery. If it had to hit the main artery in the leg, that's oh yeah, she would you, have you, you bled, out. bled out pretty. Quick. How did it not? Yeah, that's, yeah that's I don't know amazing. how I missed it. Yeah, so it's amazing though how the when you do get a major gash that the body sort of doesn't bleed as much. It, it, it sort of, the flesh sort of holds it all in. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's really like crazy. It kind of clots it's itself. It's like clots and... itself, yeah. Wow. So it's amazing things. If you get some pressure on, you can really stop it. But obviously if you cut an artery, that's um, a bit different. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the one. Yeah. They're the ones that, that shoot, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Oh, yeah. man. And we've had a few of those and, it, you know, you've gone down and it's it's shooting blood out. Wow, like know, something out of a horror yeah, film. out of a horror film. Yeah, so it's, you know, pretty um, – Pretty traumatic, Pretty some savage. of the stuff, yeah. So, I mean, I guess if I – see, I'm trying to put – I can't help but put myself in that scenario, <laughs> even as, as you, like as a lifeguard. There's, is there a moment when you're seeing that and you're like, holy shit, yeah, this yeah. is real bad, yeah. and you have yeah. a <gasps> – Yeah, you, then, do, you do do that, yeah. and you're oh, shit, yeah. you know, you just take a step back. But yeah. the problem is, though, is you're trained to try not to show the person because if I start panicking – the person thinks they're nearly dead. Of course. So that's the other problem. You can set them off as well. So you yeah. try and keep them calm and keep them calm and, yep. and just do what you need to do. So there's a fine line on on how much your, your facial expression can come across. I guess, yeah, you're dead right, man, because you've got to be – the psychology of how yeah, to yeah. deal with someone in a state of trauma is probably oh, very right. tactical. Like, like say you've cut your leg open yeah. and I come down and you're thinking, oh, he's going to help out, and then I start panicking. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you're going to pass out pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. The lifeguard's starting to vomit and he's trying to help me but he's yeah. bent over vomiting. That's right, yeah. That's why yeah. I'm not a lifeguard <laughs> and that's why you are. Wow, man, yeah, yeah I guess yeah. you're right. I guess yeah. you're right. And is there – do those things ever stay with you? Yeah. Are you, are you able to let them go? Look, the, that, the small stuff does. Hmm. I think the first dead body I had, I can I still visually can see the face and wow. that's – um. Something that sticks by you. I mean, you, as you do it more and more and more. I mean, I've been here now 28 years, so yep. I've dealt with a fair bit. But you do – it does come back to you. And, and I think the the suicide – like I do a lot of work with the Are You OK? And, yeah. and things like that because of what I, I deal with down here. And, I mean, there's sometimes, you know, I tell people when I do talks that just because you jump off a 100-metre a or 200-metre cliff doesn't mean you're going to die instantly. Oh, wow. So that's the problem. Yeah. A lot of people will go, well, because we cover the gap and everything. Um, a lot of them go off the golf course up here at North Bondi as well. And, you know, they've got horrific injuries, but they don't die instantly. But they might oh. die like you're holding, in, holding yeah. in their arms and then they, they die then. But they've got injuries that probably they're going to die at some stage. Mm. But it's horrific just seeing that, you know, and they sometimes when they, um, when they jump, they there's no guarantee. It just depends how you land. Um, and wow, I've seen some a- horrific – like one guy that stands out was he went feet first. Can you imagine hitting rocks feet first? It's just jammed oh. everything back up through 
his pelvis and fractured broken pelvis and shattered everything. Yeah. But when I got up there, he was talking to me like we're talking. Wow. But he's because the shock and everything took over. The adrenaline. He was just- but he was um, it was only a matter of minutes before he's going to die because he just had so much internal injuries. He was never going to survive. But his and, pain was just shut off. But his pain was shut off and, and he, we were just chatting, you know. But the problem with the ones that survive then starts saying, oh, can you tell my mum this, my dad this, or my kids this, or my whatever, because they know they're dying. And, and there's not one actually out of all those. They all say they regret it. Yeah. It's just that split second that they make that decision and it's quite sad, but they don't realise, you know, with, with us lifeguards, paramedics, police and, and, and all that need to deal with all You're the, the ones that have to deal with We it. deal with it. Um, then you become a part of the grieving process with yeah. the families because oh. they come down later on days after and want to see the final sort of people that dealt with them and then you talk mm. to them and, yeah, it's just a weird sort of process that, you become involved with. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really probably the darkest place in a stranger's yeah. life that you could just be confronted with. Yeah, that's right. We're, because we're first responders to anything that happens out in the beach, you know, if someone's in trouble in the water or there's board rider injuries or people around the cliffs, you know, fishing and, and everything like that. We're the first ones to get there and mm. Because we've got the jet skis now, we can get to the gap in a couple of minutes. Whereas the time they call the police boats, you know, they're coming out of um, like Glee or Birkenhead Point and right. Balmain and that. Ages. It's a half an hour boat ride around. So, yeah. you know, we can get there and hold the body until they get there, but it's, it can be pretty traumatic. Oh, man, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really heavy day at work. Yeah, yeah. And, is... I mean, we probably get now probably one a week on average. Wow. Some weeks might be four. So, really? you know, it's, it's it's pretty heavy. It's something that, uh, you know, the guys try and deal with. We have counselling and things like that to yeah. try and deal with it. But, you know, as we are saying before, that's something that gets to the point where you can't sort of um, do any more. It's, it's yeah. like that's the way it is. Is that, is that something that you think is – has that gotten worse? I think, yes, it has compared to the 90s. I mean, we used to get them here and there, but I think it's more consistent now than what it was. Mm. And I think um, for whatever reason, I think maybe social media and, and a lot of stuff has a, a lot to do with it. People are trying to uh, they look at other people's lives and then think well, mine's not that good because yeah. it looks like everyone else is doing this fantastic stuff. And, and it, I think it really affects the, the, younger, the younger kids. It really does. There's a lot of information out there to, to show that that's – I think you've hit the nail on the yeah, head. That's yeah. exactly what's happening. You yeah. know, people are looking at <clears throat> this, yeah. this curated kind of – well, well, because I think the, the problem is that people are making their own fame with their Instagram or whatever. That's it right. Is. So yeah. it's not it, it, so if, anyone can be popular. Yeah, really. Like, but it's not if, a real if, version of that's it. That's right. Because it's their own. It's like an ego version yeah, yeah, of it. Because yeah. they make their own thing. Yeah. And they post their perfect photo. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. Yeah. You know, you well, take we all a few do photos. It. We've all yeah. done it. You I pick mean, the best photo. It's rare you put a, a shit photo. Yes, <laughs> but when your mate post tags you in something. Yeah. And you look and you go, oh, geez, that photo sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, look at my gut in that yeah, photo yeah. or something, that's you know. Right. You, You're always critical of the photo. Yeah, yeah that's right. But yeah. that's kind of what it used to be, whereas people would just take photos and you'd be like, you see it in a couple of weeks when yeah. it gets developed. Yeah, that's right. Whereas now it's like, yeah, people can, people can yeah. change the way they look and I think that that, that is rippling out towards yeah. that problem is, is, yeah. is creating a problem for people, yeah. especially and, young people. Yeah, and, and a good example, I was away um, a while ago and, there was a, a couple and that, and they they 
were arguing and just, they had a shit time. Like they were just in a bad space and all this and they didn't have a good time at all. Mm. But then during that afternoon the next day, they're, they're posting how great this. So only that I was there and saw it that people looking at it on social media were going, oh, how great. They must what be having a holiday. great life and holiday and blah, blah. And then I'm thinking, but it's, they've betrayed this, this over here. But realistically, it was no good at all. Mm. But people don't see that, that side of it. And I think that's the problem is people just keep seeing this yep. and going, well, my life's shit compared to look at all these people going away. They're yep. doing this, they're doing that. And, you know, their, their life seems so good. At the end of the day, it's probably not as good as what the person is looking at it. Uh, mate, I, I've felt it. I, yeah. I, I have a, uh, an interesting relationship with Instagram and, yeah. and I don't do any of the other ones. I don't spend any time yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. I don't do Twitter. Yeah. And it's because they feel poisonous to me. Yeah, like, yeah. like a lot of the time like Twitter feels really kind of toxic. It's That's people right. either trying to be funny or, or, or shitting yeah. on other people. Yeah. And, you know, it's not all that, but yeah. there's so much of that. I, I often yeah. think, you know, when I open up Instagram or anything like that, what is my state before yep. compared to afterwards? Mm. I mean, what, Yeah, and you can get caught up with it. Yeah. You can get caught up with the whole, the whole thing. And, yeah. And, and I think think, gives, and I compare myself. Yeah, yeah. I leave yeah. from, you know, taking a crap yeah. to being like, yeah. oh, Right, I've had a dump, but yeah, now yeah. all I, I feel even more shit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's just you know, it's 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 a weird sort of society now, and it's hard to to try and pinpoint things. And but I see it all the time down the beach, and it's, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. Crazy. Yeah, you're you're in a in a field where you are the first line of witnessing the repercussions. Yeah. Of the kind mm. of effects of what's happening on yeah. happening in our society, and I mean, we see people that fall off the cliffs and that. That it's all from trying to get selfies. Oh wow! So they try and take selfies and get in the right position, yeah, but not realizing another three steps, you fall off the cliff. Selfie related deaths. Yeah. So it's it's crazy how it's it's created another part of um of our job trying to manage that. Well, I wonder too if there's like so so. <clears throat> There's certain instincts that I have lost because of my phone. Like, for instance, I used to know how to get around Sydney. I used to know if I was going from one, if I had to go somewhere, I would get out the the Sidways map and I'd I'd write a list the night before and I'd go, yeah, I know that one, I'll take that road and then – and then if, if you're going where the next day, if I take a wrong turn, I've got to either stop and open the map again or I just figure it out. Whereas now – that's gone. That's gone, yeah. It's all in my phone. Yeah. So I wonder if that's happening with the ocean too. A certain amount of people, they go out and they, they stand there and they would read the ocean. They look at it and yep. they go, okay, I know what's going on today. Yep. Whereas other people, you just check the surf report. Yep. And I think that's another problem is that all the websites. So people sit at home and look at it yeah. and just go, oh, yeah, that's good or that's no good, but I'm, I'm going down the beach. And, and you're right, they've just looked at it on the website, yeah. turn up to the beach and then don't reassess at yeah. the beach and how the head beach in. actually feels how, that's right and just head straight in and the next thing you know they're in, in all sorts of trouble and yeah the um like rips i mean 90 percent of rips will just take you out drift around and drift you back onto the sandbank yeah right you know it's, it's right 90 percent of 90 percent wow we did it with a um with um these draw um sort of like a drone in the water where they all gps and everything and they floated around and out of I think it's about that we did it for six hours for a test. A university um, group came down, and out of six hours, only one got out out past the break. 
Really? The rest just kept washing around inside the break and they get washing back to shore. Okay. Drift along the shore, back into the rip, and out it went. And that's how we teach kids now is just hang out. Get in the rip, float with it, and then it'll, it'll drift you back to the sandbank or back yep. to where the waves are breaking, yep. which will push you back to shore. Because my theory is, and I've been saying it for a long time now, if you float, you can't drown. Yeah. And yeah. there's this theory of like, you're going to end up in New Zealand. You're going to, you know. And that is a fact worse that, than that, death. That, that, that's right. I know. You don't want to end up there. <laughs> and I think that's why people panic and then drown. Yes, <laughs> they exactly. They think they're going to New Zealand. It's got to be, it can't be worse than New Zealand. <laughs> Take me now. <laughs> so, you know, and there's all these theories of um, rips pull you under and, and it doesn't. What it is, mm. it's just the lactic acid build up in your arms from trying to frantically swim and, you know, when you exercise, you you get lactic acid. Yeah. The panic and then suddenly you just can't keep yourself afloat. Yeah, the panic kills you. Yeah, that's what kills you. Yeah, right. And for some reason every uh, human wants to, where they enter, they want to exit in the same place they ended. Okay. And that's the whole problem. So the rip will take you away from the beach. (laughs) They don't don't want to walk up the beach. And they go, hang on. So they try and swim or get themselves. Back to where they went in. It's crazy. You know why? It's probably because they don't want to leave their phone because they've got to update probably. their Instagram. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I, that, that makes sense though because I, I, I've done it. You know, you have that instinct where you're out in the water and you go, and I'll look back and I go, oh, geez, I've drifted a bit. Yeah. yeah. So you're trying better, to go back to where you yeah. go back to where I was. That's right. Yeah. 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 So it's a crazy theory, but it, it's just that's all you need to do. You need to, to just fly back, just float and go with it and, and it'll take it'll you. Be right. There's only 10% that actually go out past. The breaking waves. Yeah, right. So, and even then, it, it'll stop, and then you can just drift around to the back of where the surfers are generally sitting, and then come. So it's never going to like suck you way, way, way out. No, I mean, there's days when you'll see the rips running out, and you'll see that probably at, at Collaroy and, and at Narrabeen, you'll mm. see it too. When it's big, it'll go out further. Yeah. But generally when it's that big, there's not many people going to be out there. And if you're out there, you're pretty experienced anyway. Yeah. And you're using the rip to get out. Yep. So yeah, right. but if you look at all drownings around Australia, there's been last year I think it was 111. And that's backyard pools to rivers to oceans to, okay. to whatever. And the problem was is every single drowning was in no more than two to three foot surf. And really? to, to dead flat. So majority were dead flat. No, so what's no, going on? No waves at all. What, what do you think? It's just when, when people can't stand up, they, they panic. It's the panic. It's just the panic that kills them. Yeah. If you relax. Like, like if you're in a backyard pool, if you're in a lake, if you're in a river, if you float, you can't drown. Yeah. Yeah, like wow. It's impossible. And That's even if you can't tip. get back. And, and I always see that um, people say I can swim. I said, yeah, but how far can you swim? Like people think they can swim, they can swim a 25-metre pool, right? <laughs> yes. So that could be, say, 40 strokes. Yes. So I said, yeah, you can swim 40 strokes. Yes. But if you're out in the middle of a river and you swim your 40 strokes and you're not standing up, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to you, panic and drown. Yes. So, and you've probably gone nowhere because the river's probably That's right, moving back. or pulling or whatever it's doing, yeah. So, you know, I, I use the example like I can swim a certain a bit a point where I could swim to, and then I probably couldn't swim anymore. So mm. I swam out to sea, and kept going as long as I can swim. Yeah. Well, then what do I do then? I'm just going to start panicking. I was like, oh, I can't keep myself afloat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Well, if you break it all down, and, and and you can reduce a lot of drowning, I think if if people start doing that with the yeah, you know, not not panicking and and just floating, and we're teaching little kids now, twelve months old. Yeah. Wow. How to float in nappies, clothes, shoes, if they're falling in a backyard pool. Yeah. And you just put them face down, roll them over and keep sort of doing it. 
eventually you let them go and they're face down. They'll just roll over and they'll just float there on their back. Wow. So it's and, probably and, it's and the perfect it, time because yeah, they're it, more malleable right. in their mind. They're not. They don't yeah. have the arrogance of yeah. saying, oh, "I can swim." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we're just trying to do all that training too to try and help people, but because yeah. it's getting worse, and I think Australia's lost that beach culture as well because so many people have moved from around the world and mm. they're coming to Australia. So multicultural now. Mm. But the parents that are then having kids here aren't sort of instilling that that beach culture as what we used to have back in the 50s, 60s, 70s. I think that's actually a, a profound little tip. Yeah. Don't panic. Yeah. Above everything else. That's right. Because yeah. I always tell people if you're driving a car or whatever you're doing, if you panic, right, <laughs> you're a good chance of crashing. Yeah, well, you're, you're gone. You're not, you're not conscious. Yeah. You're not in control of your behaviour if yeah. you're panicking. That's right. Do you, in, do you in, meditate in, at all? No, not really. Right. I probably should. It's, well, I mean, it sounds <laughs> like you're, you're kind of able to maintain a relatively yeah. I, I, calm I, I, state I of mindfulness. Or I think, I don't know whether it's built in um, my personality, but whenever something major happens at the beach or there's a resuscitation or there's any sort of, it's like everything, when you hear athletes say that they had that moment when they raced a 100-metre sprint, it was just mm. like everything just was in slow motion or playing footy. Everything just comes down to like it's like I've got a heap of time to make decisions. It's like wow, slows right down. Wow, it's like everything's in slow motion, but it might only be two three seconds. Wow, it's just weird that how that happens, but it must be built in. I don't think it's something you can train. It must be something that's built in. I think it might be a bit of both. I think you've, yeah. it's it's definitely yeah. definitely in you, mm. and I mean the desire to to put yourself in this field yeah. where you're going to be around people who are. Yeah. freaking out yeah. and, and potentially have to save their life. I mean, that's, there aren't that many people who would want to do that, right? No, I mean, that's right. Do you find there's a similar mould of people who, who are They are, yeah, them? yeah. It's a similar mould for lifeguards. It's yeah. funny when you, when you break it all down, they're, they're similar sort of personalities. And, yeah. and we don't get a lot of people applying. It's, it's something that's yeah. been difficult over the years, and I think you're right. It's, it's certain people can only do this job, and the same as a paramedic or a fireman or any type of emergency job. I think it's... People have to have that built-in personality to be able to deal with the stuff you've got to deal with. Yeah. I reckon there's got to be that innate ability to be able to just not let it get in. Yeah. Because I know for me and for my, for my wife, you know, the people mm. I'm really close to, mm. I don't know if – I certainly know. I just wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. It would just, it'd just, it'd just tear me out. Yeah. I'd freak out. Yeah. And I'm, I think that if I were in an in a emergency situation, yeah. I could do what I need to do. Yeah. But afterwards – I'd be done. Yeah. I'd yeah. be a mess. Yeah. Like right. it, the, yeah. the, it'd stay with me for way too long yeah. and then I wouldn't be able to, you know, if I had to go to work and do it again the next day, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could yeah, do it, If man. you could do that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's tough, but, um, yeah, I suppose it's, everyone's good at what they do, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, you just, just get over it. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, you know? that's right. I've, I'm trained to do a job and I do the best of my ability and the outcome is well, I've done everything I possibly could. Yeah. Whether the person survives or doesn't survive, well, yeah. you know, I can't control someone jumping off a cliff or yeah. deciding to go in for a swim in the rip, and 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 their ability of swimming is not that good. And yeah. you know, we, something happens. Well, we've done the best. We've put everything in place that we can to try and minimise all that. But you're never going to stop anything 100. percent No. Yeah, that's right. And I guess you know, as traumatic as it might be, you're doing something. That's right. You're trying to help. Yeah, you're trying. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're trying. Your yeah, intention yeah, is yeah. is to yeah. potentially save someone's life. That's right. Which is a which is a pretty nice thing to do for yeah, someone. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs>
<laughs> well, the amazing thing is the uh, resuscitations, you know. We've done so many resuscitations over yeah. the years and like one minute you see a person there in front of you and they're, and they're, they're not, not breathing, no pulse, just dead in front of you and um, you're working on them to get them back and these days with the defibrillators it's it's a lot better. Your, your success rate is a lot better. Mm. And the funny thing is you see them in that situation, you get them back, they go off the hospital and sometimes they'll come back like a week's later to, to say thank you and things like that. And they look like a total different person. It's really? amazing how different they look. And you think, geez, this person I'm talking to now was dead about two weeks ago. Yeah, wow. And you think, well, if we didn't do what we did, you know, they may not have survived. And, you know, they come back with their family and they're all happy that, yeah, thanks for saving. You know, there's a guy that is a longboarder here, he's grown up around here, lives at Tamarama. He had a heart attack while he's riding a, riding a wave. And just fell off in the, the water and people grabbed him because he didn't respond. We ended up reviving him and then he, um, to this day, is, is you see him around all the time and yeah. you think, you know, that was probably, you know, probably 15 years ago. So wow, what you did then, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege for all the lifeguards to go, well, what we did then is given his family, him, another 15 years of life. And yeah. it's something that I, I don't think we sit back enough to think about, that, that the impact and what we've done that really, really helps. Well, don't, well you know what, that's, that's my job. I'll sit there and think about it. You, you, go, you go save the people and I'll, and I'll think about Just it. Just think you know? about it, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, yeah, maybe yeah, if you yeah. think about it too much like me, you won't be able to do yeah, it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think maybe that's the, the secret. Don't that's, think about it because you probably won't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. I think you're spot on, yeah. Yeah, that, so the resuscitations is very intriguing to me. Yeah. How, how, long, how long have you got? Like how long does a person have if they are? Oh, look, I've done ones where – you can keep going for probably 30-odd minutes or as long as you're doing a, a good um, compressions mm. and you're giving the oxygen, what it is is you've got to – so we're sitting here now and your heart's beating and it, you, you, it's putting oxygen in the blood and then your heart, it's pumping that around the body that keeps the, the brain going and everything. So if you mainly do the, the CPR and, and, and the, the compressions with the breaths and that's keeping the oxygen in the blood and you're keeping that all going. So you're mainly just doing it. So if you do that correct, you can keep people going for, for a long time. But that's not going to get them back. The, you need the defibrillator or uh, when the paramedics come with the drugs and, and, and start putting that in, that they can get the person back. So you're essentially being a life support machine. Pretty much. You're yeah. a life support. Yeah. But yeah. now we've got the defibs. If we put a, um, a defib on, you know, with a minute, like if you drop now and I had a defib, put it straight on and, and did everything, You've probably got a ninety percent chance to get the person back. Really? Uh, in the first minute, and then you probably lose ten percent every minute from there. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you've got a pretty good chance. The quicker you get them on, the better. And I mean, there's defibrillators everywhere now, and a lot of people use them around. Yeah, you know, we've probably we've got three here at Bondi. Every beach has got them, and so you're a good chance that you know. It was a saying on the show. The first series we did for Bondi Rescue, we had a Japanese guy, uh, young guy, dropped on the on the shore, and we got him back. And when he went to St. Vincent's, the, the surgeons there said, well, there's two places, either drop on the steps at St. Vincent's Hospital or Bondi Beach is the next best bet because we had so much success with these defibrillators and, you know, that's something that's really good. That that's game. coming from the, yeah, from the surgeons and it definitely changes the game because prior to that, we lost a lot of people in the 90s because there wasn't any defibrillators. Right. So we had to wait for the ambulance to come. You're looking yeah. at another 10 minutes. You know, your, your timeline starts, you know, going yeah. out a bit. Oh, it starts dwindling. Yeah. So how, 
how does that work? It's it's literally a, an electric shock on your heart. Yeah, you just put the pads on, they stick on, yeah. and then um, the bolts just – and it won't – you can't shock unless it tells you. The machine talks to you. Yeah, right. So once it, it, it finds that rhythm, yeah. it will then tell you to shock and then you just press the button and it shocks and sends the <laughs> shock through and then it'll analyse, it'll analyse again to, to see if it's got any um, – picks up any pulse and if it doesn't, it'll tell you to continue CPR. Yeah. And then I'll tell you to shock again down the track. So, Jesus, yeah, it's an amazing tool. You that, imagine the that, first bloke to, yeah. to give that a go. It's like, oh, <laughs> no. I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work. Try it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's working. Yeah, because I think there's a fair few volts. I think it's about 360 volts in the first one and then it drops really? down about 280 or something. But Wow. Yeah, it's, a, is, good, it's a good shock goes through. That would sting if you're awake. <laughs> <laughs> You'd feel it. Yeah, you sure. would feel it. <laughs> wow. Well, that's yeah, so yeah. okay. So that's fantastic. So you, so that is enabling you to really bring a lot more people back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's yeah. a and uh, and you see it now where everyone's getting trained and they've got them in golf clubs and they've mm. got them in RSL clubs and there's a lot mm. of places now having them, which is you know when you go up through Westfields and things like that, you see them sitting on the walls all around the place, and it's something that yeah, it's it's, it's saving a lot of people's lives. Wow. The resuscitation process of, of you know, you always see in the movies and TV with people giving CPR and it's these like tiny, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. tiny little bushes. But uh, that's not the way you're supposed to do it, right? No, it's a bit more aggressive. Usually you break a few ribs and, and Yeah, right. And that so that's the it. truth is you, you, you kind of – because yeah. you have to push on their heart. Yeah, you're pushing pretty hard. So you're compressing the heart and then out and in, out and in. So mm. you're, you're manually doing what the heart should be doing on its own. And Yeah, and the rib cage is in the way. The rib cage is in the way. So that's, that's so, got to yeah, go. Yeah, you often can break ribs and – and things yep. like that. So, yeah, I think on the movies is because they're the person they don't want to break is actually ribs. alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they can get the dummy in for that shot it's and just shooting yeah. the waist down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, my yeah, my roommate she was telling me that one of the rules is you can you know don't worry about the ribs because yeah. you can you can fix broken but you yeah, can't yeah, fix yeah, dead. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And even on that bony bit on your on your chest, it becomes like by the time you you, you keep going, it becomes real spongy. It's like a sponge oh, in there. It's, wow. It's all sort of. Yeah, but that's what you do. You yeah. got to, you've got no other choice. Yeah. They're either dead or they're going to wake up ribs. with a few broken ribs. Yeah, 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 right. I, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. um, it's a pretty small compromise. That's right. So that's yeah. I think that would be quite shocking for people to hear. It's quite yeah. you yeah. know because I remember seeing. I think it might have been on the show yeah. for the first time. You know, even people watch Baywatch and yeah. they watch whatever yeah. the fuck they've watched. Yeah. And there's yeah. people giving CPR and. But I remember seeing someone actually do it, and I was like, "Wow, that's savage! He's yeah. really going to town on yeah, that yeah, guy." Yeah, you go pretty hard, and it's uh, yeah, it's something that I suppose you just get in that you've been trained, so you get into that mold. But yep. yeah, it can be pretty um, horrific for people. We call it uh, the ring of death because when we're doing something like that at the beach, because obviously there's public everywhere. Oh yeah, so they all crowd around. Of so course. we call it the ring of death. So we're trying to work on a person, but then there's this massive crowd that. Sort of circles around you. And, oh, the the and watching of it all. that experience yeah. must be a very eerie place to be in. Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty eerie. And plus, if you've got relatives that are there of the person, yeah, they're coming. And I had one lady jumped on top of the husband because he was dying. He's dead, and she just didn't know how to handle it. Oh wow! And, and you guys are trying to work. You've got to yeah. So you got to get her off and and everything, yeah. and then you get all. You always find someone that's that's going to bless someone. So they're okay. they're blessing their feet or whatever they're blessing, and you, know, yep. so you always find these people that do, just yep. seem to turn up out of nowhere. Yeah, right. So yeah, there's a lot of other things you have to deal with while you're dealing with the the poor person that's yeah. just dead in front of you. Wow. Yeah. So I guess the, the, those are probably the times when you're in your slow motion zone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I don't know what happens, but you just go into this slow motion. That, yeah. 
You're in the and flow state. Yeah, you're in the flow, yeah. yeah. And when you look back at the D, because the DFib gives you timelines of, of what it is. And sometimes you come here and think, oh, that must have been 15 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever. And sometimes it's only five minutes wow. on, on, since you've had the DFib out on and, and, and dealing with it. So Right. Yeah, but you've the time. got your you know your steps of what needs to be done. Yeah, and you just carry them out. You just carry the steps, and and if you obviously we've got a few guys working, so you've got other lifeguards that help. So, but everyone knows their their role, and you just sort of go into that role. And yeah. generally, we'll um, it's quite hard on on the body and the arms doing the compression. So we'll mm. we'll rotate that every cycle, pretty much in the compression. So you keep in that. That's the critical thing is you need to have um, really good compressions. Yep. So. Once you start fatiguing, the compressions aren't as good, so you need yep. to start rotating guys around. And so one will go to the head with the oxygen, and then the other one will and you just keep rotating it, the, the, the whole situation until wow. the ambos get there and they jump in. And yeah, so it's a it's a process, but yep. yeah. So I, I always wonder how much oxygen are you are you breathing out of your own because it's mostly no. no we, we've got all the the oxyviva kits now, so it's all one hundred percent oxygen that we're dealing with. So you squeeze the thing. We right? squeeze it and um, the air the the bag. Um, and that's just 100% oxygen coming okay. out of the, the, the tank. And if we're um, – the cylinder, just swap the cylinder, put a new cylinder in if we're running out of oxygen. But we oh, always – Okay, so it's just a it's – a, it's a canister kind it's of a thing. It's a canister. It's just a cylinder that, yeah, that wow. just attaches and then, you know, undo it, new yep. bottle goes on and – Where you go. So it's where you go. But we're always checking our equipment. So it's already – most of the time they're all full ready to go. Mm. It's only that if, if we're going for a fair while – it might run out of oxygen. Otherwise, we just replace after the instance finished. We just replace the bottle and yep, ready for the next one. New one goes in and ready to go again. <laughs> wow, it's funny that that kind of um, slow motion state you talk mm. about. There's there's almost like I've experienced something which is the opposite, yep. uh, which which happens from playing music. Yep. And I've talked to my buddy Jimmy about this. Who was I was in a band with, and we played in New Zealand in front of we we managed we got a gig supporting yep. ZZ Top. Yeah. We played yeah. at, at um, in Hamilton yeah. at, the, at the races in front of like fifteen thousand people, and we were used to playing in front of, you know, closer to fifteen yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And if we were <laughs> if we were lucky, the biggest gig we yeah, played yeah. that I'd played yeah. was was more like, you know, two hundred. Two hundred, yeah. And that's a lot of bloody people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So fifteen thousand yeah, people. It's a bit so, of a bit yeah, of a jump. <laughs> we coined the phrase "stadium mode," right? Yeah. Which is the opposite because you forget you're gone. You right. forget what's happening. Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the gig. Right. And realized, oh, oh I'm yeah, back. Actually, okay. Yeah, what am yeah, I? Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I've sung. I yeah. don't know what I've been doing. Yeah. You've just I've, done it. I've yeah. just done it. Yeah. I have no yeah. recollection of yeah. what's just happened. And yeah. then I kind of, my consciousness came back into my body yeah. and I was able to function intentionally again, yeah. Yeah. which is the complete opposite yeah. of where you're at, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. I guess yeah. is. But you're probably fine. You've gone into that zone. Like, that's, yeah. And maybe that's what we do. We go into that zone with a with emergency situation, but you've gone into that zone that, you know, adrenaline, the, the, just the adrenaline that you've done everything you had to do, but you just can't remember it. You yeah. know, a lot of times you do rescues and stuff, and, and in that moment, you, you forget exactly what you did in that. Yeah. You know, oh, did I do that? Did I do that? And you're sort of double checking yourself with, did I do everything I was meant to do? But yeah. you generally you have. It's just a, that, that mental, mental block is just in such a zone. It'll be fascinating to because you know the, the different brainwave states, mm. like the states, like like for instance, they say when yeah. when you're in the shower, the, the 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 beating water, and you kind of gets people into a different thinking state. I think it's yeah. I think it's theta waves or something. I'm not sure what the terms. Yeah, I've heard are, of things like that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to to measure what state, uh, uh, what brain state someone is in when you're dealing with. Yeah, a, it would um, be good emergency to see. Situation. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, the closest we've come, we've had um, 
GPS on on your the heart rate monitors oh, yeah, and everything. Yeah. They've put that on us, and well, they put it on all day to track how much distance we covered and mm. our heart rates going up and down for going into a rescue and mm. coming out of a rescue. And every time it was, you know, you, it would it was getting up to 180, 200 beats every time you're going in. And, wow. and when you're about to go, you, you you could see the heart rate was going up until you had to go and exert yourself and get someone back in. Then you go back to this resting, you know, 60 beats or something was the resting and. Then up you went again, and it was yeah. constant all day. And it was, they did it on a busy day, and everyone covered pretty much nearly over twenty kilometers. Wow! Of getting around. Now that's with bike, the bikes. It's not just actually walking, but sure. between walking and traveling with the bike and things like that on the beach. So there's a lot of k's you're covering, and then with the heart rate, they put it all into the computer and it spat it all out, and it came out equivalent of a day's work as a lifeguard. And it came out as if you played three games of footy back to back. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. Jesus. So, you know, it, it shows how much physical stress that, that yeah. goes onto the body and, and the mental stress as well. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, you, um, you know, you just stand out in the sun for, for that long. Yeah. And that does your head in. Oh, dude. You know, yeah. You, that you start losing it, you know. So you must be quite conditioned. Yeah. yeah you, know, you get after, conditioned. Yeah. Do you do you train like do you do cardio training and this kind of stuff to to yeah. be ready for this? Or yeah, I, guess- I mean I do a lot of um, like pool swimming and ocean ski paddling and yeah. and then also out in the, in the water you're doing you know swims and and, and a bit of gym work to keep the strength there and yep. so you're constantly doing something every day. Yeah, you know, I guess or, your or job twice is a day the training. And that's right, physically yeah. to keep yeah. you in check. I mean if yeah. you're if you're doing two games of footy in a day, that's right. Three yeah. games back to back. That's yeah. pretty good training. Yeah, yeah. you probably earned a nap. That's right. You go home stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, coming back to that element of mindfulness, you know, where that meditative kind of state, yeah. it sounds very much like what you're achieving yeah. when you're in those zones. That's right. Is yeah. like a state of, I guess, all kind of ego and bullshit would disappear. Yeah. Because if it's a life or death situation, yeah. I think people really just understand that there's no, there's just genuinely no room for that. Yeah, that's right. And so you kind of, if you need to delegate something, you delegate. Yeah. This needs to be done. This is what's done. You know. And whereas, yeah. if you tell someone to do something when they're in the office, in the same tone of voice, it's not going to go down well. But yeah. it's it's like all that all that must just disappear. Yeah. So it's an interesting state to to experience. And obviously, there yeah. these are states of mind and 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 situations in life where most people. May never experienced a, sing, a, no. a single one in their life. Yeah, that's right. Was your your? We're doing it on a, on a, on a daily. Week, daily to weekly basis, and and, yeah. and maybe that. And I have been able to transform a lot of that what we do here into your, your life outside of being a lifeguard as well. And and yeah, you know how to sort of calm yourself down and mm. and, and get in that mental state that you know, so you're not sort of in that erratic panic. Yes. You know, in your normal life outside of outside of here, so it's probably good training and. and it probably is like being, you know, doing yoga sessions and absolutely and, and things like that. Absolutely, and, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's what you're doing in that mm. state. Is is you're in that meditative state. You're trying. You're observing your thoughts mm. and the junk that's going on. Yeah. And you just kind of watch it and, instead of letting it drive the bus. Yeah, that's right. So when you're, you're saving so, someone's life, yeah, yeah. there's no room for that. That's no, gone. Yeah. You got to be like, okay, this is what needs to be done. Yeah. These are the potential options. Go yeah. now. And, yeah. That's what I tell the young guys is to, before you go rushing in, just take that step back yeah. and, and have a little a bit of a think. It might only be a few seconds, yep. but that's enough to then go in and not just go in 100 miles an hour like you're saying mm. that your motions then start driving the bus and yep. then you're out of control. Yeah, that's you just, can't be too you, reactive. And, and you can't this. pull all that back. Once you, 
you've gone down that path. Yeah. You're not slowing the bus down at the end. Yeah, yeah. it's all yeah. it's all it's on. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. That's a fascinating yeah. a fascinating place. And I can understand why there's the the what do you call it, the ring of death? The ring of death, yeah. Why people are yeah. just Captivated, yeah, by they it. are captivated because you got to think a lot of people watching that have probably never seen that. As so many people have probably never even seen a dead body, yeah. So you know, in real life, yeah, um, there's probably thousands, probably millions, millions of people, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not I mean, something you come across every day. No, I've never, yeah, I've never yeah, seen one. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of that that comes along with that, yeah. and I wonder if there are people in that scenario who are just like I would be, maybe a little bit like, oh wow, yeah, a little traumatized. Yeah. And then there's probably like one out of every three hundred yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like. I could do that. Yeah, that's right. Sign up for your life. Sign up. <laughs> yeah, where do, I, where do I sign, mate? Good job there yeah. before. Yeah. I've been doing these cold plunges yeah. lately. Have you? Yeah, I've been going into, uh, it's not that cold, but I've been going into like the ocean pool, which yeah. I learned recently is colder than the ocean. Yeah, it is, yeah. Pools um, are always colder. Why is that? Well, I think they sit, the water sits there. It's, it's still as well, so it's right. not moving, so it gets colder. Whereas the ocean, you've always got the currents moving through. Mm-hmm. So you've got the warmer current, the colder current. I guess maybe if there's any just, wind overnight too without the sun. Yeah, yeah. So anything that sits there is always going to be colder. So you've yeah, been doing these these cold cold plunges yeah, 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 and kind yeah. of doing the – have you heard of this guy Wim Hof? Yes. Yeah, yeah. been doing a bit of that A couple breathing. of guys here have done some stuff with him with oh, the breathing cool. and, and in the ice baths and yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah, that's the kind of thing. You should yeah. give it a go, man. Yeah, yeah. It's quite – I mean, you'd probably – it probably would be no thing for you. You know, you spend so much time in the water anyway. Yeah, but it's still though. It's a, a, I suppose we don't get that cold water here that – Yeah. Like a, like a bath full of ice and – That's pretty – that gets I mean, down to pretty about, cold. That's got to be probably about five degrees probably, if you can yeah. get cold enough. Yeah, if you get, yeah. I was in the, the pool of Coleroy not that long ago, yeah. last week. And dude, I've never experienced anything that cold. Yeah. It was there was a couple of old blokes that I see down there every day, and they yeah. love it. Yeah. And one of them, he got in, and he and he you know did it. He goes, I'll just do a quick yeah. lap and, and did a little paddle. And he gets out, and he was he was kind of cool about it. He was like, Yeah. I said, What do you reckon? He goes, Yeah, I've never felt it that cold before in my life. <laughs> so it wasn't just me. I was yeah. freaking yeah. out. Yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. even talk. Yeah. It must have only been about well. That's 12. like around here with um you know Bronte and that and and, and the icebergs here and. Yeah, when those old blokes are jumping in every day, yeah. if they're getting out saying it's cold, it's yeah, it must be cold. <laughs> yeah, these are these are hardened swimmers. <laughs> these right. blokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man. Oh, if you get a chance, you should try because yeah. with the breathing, it's quite a euphoric, yep. almost trippy experience. Yeah, because you 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 get into this state where it's oh, any chatter in your mind is mm. gone, and you're like, wow, this is I'm here, I'm yeah. very present in this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the final. Well, that's right. The, um, the even cold water when you jump in when it's fifteen, and, and you get that it takes your breath away, and you get yeah. that ice cream headache, and yeah, it's hard to breathe in in cold, yeah, cold water, and and trying to stay calm and 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 breathe through it, whereas a lot of people would get that really breathing quick and yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the yeah. panic yeah. kind the panic, of too. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the thing that I like about it is yeah. putting testing myself in a situation where you physically want to panic, yeah. but I'm doing it voluntarily. Yeah. So yeah. obviously there's that, you know, I know what yeah. I'm doing, but feeling myself kind of freak out a bit and go, no, no, just yeah. uh, slow just it down. And, down and, yeah. it's, uh, and it's a weird, it's a weird place. Yeah. It's quite, it hurts really good, yeah. you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a sort of like it's a hurt but it's a good, it's a good feeling hurt. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you feel incredible yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not – I'm yet to do the, the ice bath so I'll do it and then yeah. we'll – then maybe I won't be so. Yeah, I haven't done many of those, but yeah, yeah might be something to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah. You, well, you try not. it and let me know. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you certainly know you're alive if you've done a nice part. Yeah, yeah. Shall we wrap it up, mate? Yeah, that's uh, 
very good chat. It's been great to hang <laughs> yeah, out, man. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it, brother. No, Cheers. it's been unreal. Good <laughs> chat. <laughs> All right, Hop. Cheers, mate. So that was Hoppo. What a legend. That was an incredibly informative conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you did too. Oh, I, I was finished recording and then we kept talking and Hoppo was sharing some other phenomenal wisdom. So I will share it with you now. We were talking about global warming and, and climate change. And I was, I was asking him if in his years he's noticed any changes in that regard. And he was saying that in his 28 years as a, as a lifeguard at Bondi, he hasn't really noticed any water levels rising or anything like that. But he has seen certain cyclical changes that happen. Like there's a beach nearby that is all just rocks. But then once every seven years, those rocks get covered with sand and it becomes a sandy beach and you can hang out there for maybe a day, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a whole summer. But then the sand all washes away and it's back to rocks again. But that happens consistently every seven years. So there are certain cycles like that that happen. He said the trash has gotten a lot worse, the rubbish and the junk from that's washing up from the ocean and that's, that's just around the oceans in general. He said he's really noticed that getting a lot worse. So on an environmental perspective, things are getting worse. As far as climate change, he said that he hasn't personally noticed anything. Okay, so what else? It was really intriguing to find out more about sharks and how just how many sharks are swimming out there in the ocean near people and they're not really interested in us from that clever boy system that they've come up with where they can read how many animals are in the water. There's a lot of sharks around and they just don't care. So that's, I don't know whether that's more comforting or less comforting, but we're not on the menu. And if you are, you don't know about it. He's just eating you. So, you know, sharks are going to have lunch too. It does turn out that, that if you, you just, you can deal with trauma or you can't. It's something that some people are wired to be able to handle and some people are not. It might just be as simple as that. Hoppo was describing some pretty horrific injuries to me. If I were to see them in a horror film, it wouldn't be a problem. But if it was in real life, for some reason, it gets, really gets to me. But he's able to let it go. And I think if you are going to be a first responder, you have to be able to let that stuff go. It's really heavy to hear about the suicide rates increasing and how just how many suicides are occurring around uh, the Bondi area and the gap and, and, and how these lifeguards are the first responders and they are the people that find the bodies and deal with these people, if, especially if they, if they haven't died from the incident. It's really heavy. That's um, something I hadn't even considered. And it's a part of their job that I don't know if there's ever any training for that kind of thing. Uh, not to even mention the people that are in the situation where they want to take their own life. Really, really heavy. Was not expecting that and uh, makes that my respect for the lifeguarding job go up even more. Hoppo mentioned that he works with a charity called Are You OK? which is a suicide prevention charity. Their website is the letters ruok.org.au. So if this is something that you are dealing with or someone in your life is dealing with, go to the website. They have a lot of information. It's a heavy time that we're going through in the world at the moment. People are having a tough time. It's interesting that Hoppo brought up the social media thing. 
because I agree with him. I think that it's, I think it's messing us up and we're trying to figure out a way to make it work for us, but it seems to be hindering us emotionally more so than helping us. It's good to figure out how to survive a rip. Long story short, don't panic. I love his quote. Hoppo kept saying, if you float, you can't drown. So don't panic. A rip will take you out and it'll bring you back. Brilliant. Panic equals drowning. That's the main takeaway from this stuff. Don't panic. Did you like that bit when we, when I bagged out New Zealand and, and as, a, as, a good, as a good fellow Australian, Hoppo jumped on board too because we're all about maintaining stereotypes here. <laughs> it turns out that uh, being a lifeguard is a, couldn't be a pretty stressful job. So hats off to you if you're lifeguarding. It's a, it's a full-on gig and I, and I didn't realise just how full-on it is. And I really appreciated hearing all about it from the David Hasselhoppo himself. All right. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time.